Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 409 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. As always, joined by Evan Silva. We have no time to dilly-dally. You have drafts coming up. All our rankings, all our content is live in the draft kit. It is time. My friends, Evan, how's it going? Very well. Speaking of drafts, if anybody's going to be in the Chicagoland area, Wednesday, August 24th, we're going to have an, uh, a bunch of live drafts at this bar slash restaurant called Kettle Strings in Oak Park, Illinois, right outside the city. Um, last year, it rained. We were still able to have like 60, 65, 70 people in there. We had four live drafts going. Um, we, I, I just bought like a, a ton of um, uh, draft boards and they come with like stickers and like a ring. If you win, uh, you get a ring and, you know, the. Uh, there's like a last place thing for, um, you know, the, the person that comes in last. And hopefully, hopefully we're going to be able to do six drafts this year. Last year we did four 14-team leaguers. Um, and uh, uh, we did – and we do like a bunch of flexes, no defense, no kickers. Um, it, it's an absolute blast just for the, uh, the environment and the atmosphere. And, you know, everybody absolutely loves it. And it's good also for the small business to support the small business because we're going to do it on a on a week, uh, a weekday night, you know, where they might not have as much traffic and we're going to give them some, some traffic. So just a lot of a lot of good vibes. Um, and, and we invite anybody to, to come out again, Oak Park, Illinois, August 24th, Wednesday, Kettle Strings. You know, I, I love this because. Uh, sometimes I get lost and like I'm at fault for sure. I get lost and like I'm trying to win so hard that I forget that like fantasy football is supposed to be fun and a fun game with your friends and hanging out. And like I've lost that somewhere along the way, I think just from like trying to grind and win money and be like so savage against my enemies. But I love stuff like this where people just get together and draft and, and have fun, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's great. And um, everyone, I guarantee everyone that went last year is going to come back because everyone had a blast. This year, we're probably anticipating probably more like 100, but I um, mean, we're getting the word out earlier too. Last year was like five days before. Mm -hmm. We're starting to, starting to talk about it already. But yeah, anybody that's in the Chicagoland area, please come out. I promise you, you'll have a good time. All right. On today's show, we are going to go over the news of the last seven days, what actually matters and how it's affected our rankings. Also, be sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as Evan, myself, and Leone will be doing a $2,000 buy-in live draft stream on Wednesday night, the 17th. Again, be sure you subscribe to our YouTube 2K buy-in. Myself, Evan, and Leone will be battling it out over who to pick in a 2K on Wednesday, the 17th. Before we get into it today, note this podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. They do have this absurd $2 million to first, $1 million to second place fantasy tournament on a $25 buy-in running right now. If you use promo code ETR when you sign up, they will match your first deposit up to $100. Great, great, great practice for your home league really is. So visit Underdog Fantasy and use promo code ETR for up to $100 in free entries. All right, Evan, let's get to the news here. I know you've been monitoring this Matthew Stafford elbow situation. It's been yeah. described as tendonitis. People have said it's not really a football injury. It's more of a, a baseball injury. It certainly doesn't make anyone feel good who's been mm -hmm. taking Cooper Cup, number two, number three, number mm -hmm. four overall, mm -hmm. whatever it is. What's your current feel on the Matthew Stafford situation? I should note, that Matthew Stafford yeah. did throw on Saturday and mm -hmm. reportedly looked good. Yeah, and I went on Dr. Chow, uh, his show, uh, yesterday, and I, I asked him about it, and he's pretty optimistic about it, that um, it's certainly not going to be a pain issue because no quarterbacks over the last you know several decades have, have played through as much pain as has Matthew Stafford, who's 
and constantly dealing with back problems and all kinds of stuff that you know, there, there's not a tougher quarterback in the NFL. I remember when he came up, he first came in, he, I think he missed like most of his rookie year with an injury mm -hmm. and one of his teammates called him a China doll. Yeah. Like he was made of porcelain. And ever since then, like Matthew Stafford has like nary missed a game. I mean, yeah. very, very rarely does he ever miss time. And he's, he's going to play through any pain tolerance issues, but it sounds like it's tendonitis. And if, if they were actually worried about him, like potentially missing early season time, they wouldn't be letting him throw at all. So um, I, I, I like what I, what I heard uh, there yesterday. And, you know, again, if it comes down to a pain tolerance thing, he's going to be fine. I did consider, because, you know, we've talked about this top tier of, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, and Cooper Cup. And I thought about moving Cooper Cup to the bottom of that first tier. So he'd become the number four overall player. I believe right now he's number two. I may still do that. Um, but that would be the extent of it. And that would just constitute moving Justin Jefferson into the overall wide receiver one spot. And, you know, it's it's big, you know, it's big in, in theory, but it's actually not that big because I think that they're really close anyways. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, I would not fault anyone for taking Justin Jefferson ahead of Cooper Cup, but I would not move Cooper Cup out past number four in my rankings whatsoever. If you want more of my take on this situation, you listen to Market Monday. I just think that Matthew Stafford, to me, is an easy pass in fantasy because he doesn't have like separation ability anyways. He doesn't right. run. They're not going to be a high volume throwing offense anyways. And so you don't need the risk there. But Cooper Cup, obviously, like, you know, I'm still taking him in the top four. We got updates on the Ravens running back situation. This one, you know, we've been really high on taking J.K. Dobbins in round five, six, seven, where he's been going throughout much of this offseason. I described it as, you know, like, uh, uh, the coach is just trying to overpromise. Uh, under promise and over deliver with J.K. Dobbins. And it seems like that's how it's going to be. J.K. Dobbins was activated off pup. Adam Schefter tweeted that the Ravens do expect J.K. Dobbins to be ready for week one. However, Gus Edwards, maybe not ready for week one. Now, the problem here, Evan, is that this is going to skyrocket J.K. Dobbins' ADP. Mm -hmm. Like I could see it going mm -hmm. up two full rounds. And I start to get worried there, no longer in round five or six, but in round three or four, because you have a guy coming off such a serious knee injury who's not going to catch a lot of passes, who may share some work if Gus mm -hmm. Edwards gets back. And so I'm kind of passing on J.K. Dobbins in round three and four if he gets there, but I'm so happy no. that I have some J.K. Dobbins at five and six. What do you think about the Ravens' mm -hmm. backfield on the latest reports? Yeah, and they've still got a lot of guys there. You know, they drafted Tyler Beatty, and mm -hmm. they uh, they signed Mike Davis, you know, which that should have been a little bit of a tell. Like, you know, they weren't fully confident in where their top two RBs were going to be at this stage of the offseason. I don't know, you know, I'm not an expert when it comes to breaking down video, you know, uh, injury video stuff. But I didn't think that J.K. Dobbins looked particularly explosive in his first practice back. He is going to avoid reserve PUP, which is a good thing. Um, but I'm I'm still pretty cautious on him. I'm I'm right there with you, you know. And he was actually you you say you have been taking him in rounds five, six, seven. Like I've seen him go like at the seven, eight fringe. It's correct. That's a smash. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so I would certainly continue to take him if he lasts there. But I, I'm with you. I think his ADP could could soar. And I would not be willing to take him in the fifth round. Yep, same page there. The Twitter freaked out over Josh Jacobs playing in the Hall of Fame game on mm -hmm. Thursday. And we did not project that. Obviously, we're projecting every player for every preseason game. Shout out to us. You can check out our preseason package. We had uh, Josh Jacobs for zero snaps in that game. So we were surprised as well. I just don't think it's something like totally freak out about because this is kind of what we expected. I expected the Raiders to go full-blown committee under mm -hmm. Josh McDaniels, I didn't really want any Josh Jacobs anyways. What do you think about Josh Jacobs playing in the Hall of Fame game? 
Um, I, I I wasn't that surprised by it. I mean, if you look at through the lens of a hey, Derek Carr didn't play, Devonte Adams didn't play, then it's like, well, why is this dude out here playing? But I, you know, I also the starting yeah, offensive line played. The starting offensive line did play. And by the way, got to check out Brandon Thorne's our, our, our interview with Brandon Thorne. Their offensive line is going to be really bad this year. Yeah, it's a big problem. Zamir White is the guy that I've been interested in the backfield, and it was good to see him play because I know he missed some some time to start camp. So it was really good to see him out there. I thought he looked really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that there's a chance he he might be the best back on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know Josh Jacobs is still fairly highly regarded through his draft capital, but his on-field production really has been a little bit above replacement level. Um, I don't know. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they traded him. I, I, I'm not predicting a trade, I, but I, but they're certainly not committed to him. I mean, they they declined his fifth-year option. They drafted two RBs. They signed a couple more. Like. You know, th- this is a new regime, and and they're not gonna have they're they're not gonna have any commitment to Josh Jacobs. Yeah, and and you know, Josh Jacobs, I, I hope that people take him in the sixties. I feel like this Hall of Fame talk is gonna drop him into the seventies, but I still I I just don't take Josh Jacobs. Period. Like, right, just pass it. Um, then I, I saw you tweeted about the Matt Rule comments on Christian yeah. McCaffrey, and, and Matt Rule, I think number one gets it that he plays running back. You can't play scared. Well, this is the only thing that Matt Rule gets. He doesn't want to get fired. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Matt Rule gets it that he plays running back. You can't play scared. You got to give him his touches. So like, I don't think they're going to scale him back at all because he's been hurt the last two years. So I know we've talked about this endlessly. I actually like can't even face tweeting about it anymore because like every reply is just dumber than the previous one about Christian McCaffrey <laughs> getting hurt. But yeah, it's good to know that Matt Rule at least sees it the way that we do any more comments on what Matt rule said about CMC. No, that's, that's, that's all we need to know. All right. The trailing Burke stuff. Some speaking of people on Twitter. Uh, okay. So yeah, this is the, uh, and because we've talked a lot about this on ETR too. Leone has this battle with Evan going over trailing Burke's outlook. And I'm like somewhere in the middle. I have no idea if trailing yeah. Burke's is good. People saying trailing Burke's going to be the next AJ Brown. That's asking a ton. Uh-huh. I don't, I have no idea. I do think, that the idea that because Traylon Burks had a tough OTA or whatever, he was a little bit out of shape and he's not, he's going to be behind Nick Westbrook Akini. To me, that's preposterous. Like they need him right away, very early in the year to play and play almost every snap. And maybe he'll turn into Liska Chenault and that's his game and he'll suck, but they need to find out like right away. So my take is I don't really know how good Traylon Burks is going to be, but they're going to give him the chance. What do you make of all these reports circulating about Traylon now? Well, you know, I think that the one thing that continues to stay in the back of my mind, even after I moved up uh, Traylon Burks, I capitulated and I apologized to uh, uh, Leone, is still the evaluations of Matt Harmon and Mike Renner, who are really good at this, as to his as to Traylon Burks's game, because he did not run pro style routes in college. He actually showed up to the combine. He was less athletic than anyone really anticipated. You talk about LaVisca Chanel. He's LaVisca Chanel is a really good athlete. Traylon Burks really isn't, at least as per his combine measurables. So you have a manufactured touch player coming into the league with av- league average at best athleticism for his position. Um, you know, he gets off to a slow start. You know, I, I, there, there are just there are warning signs here. This is not a Jamar Chase situation. We like we could yeah. all absolutely agree that Jamar Chase was a freaking insane baller, 
He was what the number five overall pick in the draft. One of the best but, prospects we've seen since like Julio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he won the freaking Bolitnikoff over Justin Jefferson yeah. in college. I mean, so to me, it's not that kind of a situation. Um, the, the question really is about Traylon Burks's game. Nick Westbrook, Akini like knows the offense. He can block. This is a run first offense. Um, this Kyle Phillips kid has been showing up. Robert Woods is one of the most reliable receivers in the league. You know, Austin Hooper is going to have a role. It's just, are we sure that Traylon Burks is going to have this massive target share? And I get it. Look, you know, you may not want to overthink it because he's a first round pick with a ton of opportunity inside this offense. And so that's why I capitulated and apologized to Leone and I moved Traylon Burks up, <laughs> but I still feel, I mean, I still, I'm going to have these moments of, of uncomfort, you know, discomfort. Yeah. You know, anytime that, you know, there's a negative report about Traylon Burks and this one wasn't, I mean, there, there wasn't a whole lot of substance to this one, but it's just, you know, it, it worries me. It worries me. Yeah. He's not exclusively playing with the first team. He's getting some reps with Tannehill, yeah. some with Woodside, some yeah. with Malik Willis. Right. And that's what the report was. But I think a lot yeah. of their guys are rotating through sure. like that. And, and, you know, to me, it's not a Jamar Chase situation. I want to be very clear. Like I sent a tweet about the Jamar Chase. The only point that I was trying to make is that a lot of this camp stuff, you have to be careful. You have to be very careful with Traylon Burks is running with the third team or Jamar Chase can't catch the football anymore. Like you got to be really, really careful with that stuff. And so we obviously are not moving on that stuff. I think Evan's points are well taken and it's baked into his ADP. You can get Traylon Burks in like the eighth or ninth round sometimes. And you know, there's a lot of upside on that. He could just be bad though. I mean, like Evan said, he could just be not good enough and that's possible too. And so he's just yeah. like a, um, a red flag prospect. I remember this, it reminds me a lot of Nikhil Harry a few years ago who won in very similar fashion to how Traylon Burks did. I remember watching Nikhil Harry and be like, I just, I just don't get it. He had a ton of production in college. He was young. So he looks really good on the fucking spreadsheet. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Traylon Burks is similar. I mean, he's similar. And he's got a ton of opportunities. So did Nikhil Harry. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes. But, um, you know, the, the capitulation has, has happened. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess somewhat interesting news out of Cleveland. Cream Hunt requests a trade. He held, he has held himself out of team drills. Mm -hmm. Then the next very next day, he's back in team drills. And they told him no. They were like, Cream, uh, uh, you're not getting traded. Go back to work. And he goes back to work immediately. Do you think it's still possible that they're working on something behind the scenes? And what do you make of the Cleveland backfield? Yeah, after this cream hunt trade. Request. Well, we've been talking about this, you know, I mean, they, um, you know, they gave a, a second round tender to Dearness Johnson, they drafted Jerome Ford. It's like, what are they doing here? You know, and uh, they, we've suspected that Kareem Hunt might get cut even. Mm -hmm. And then he requests a trade. I mean, I don't know, man, I, I, I don't, I don't really have any strong takeaways right here. I'm just kind of monitoring the situation. I do think that Kareem Hunt at, at some point could still be on the move. I also think he's a really good back. I think he's a really good player. You know, he's certainly the, the Browns most versatile back and they're trying to win. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know what to think. I'm just trying to, you know, just, just keep, keep, keeping monitoring the situation. Yeah. I'll say a couple of things. First, if Deshaun Watson ends up suspended for the entire year, like they're not going to be trying to win because they, they have like, no chance to win with Jacoby Brissett. Mm. So that could maybe spark some, ki some kind of trade. Second of all, Dearness Johnson is good, I think. Not as good as Kareem Hunt, but Dearness Johnson can certainly, certainly, mm. certainly play. I'm not sure they have enough room to like keep all these guys. Kareem Hunt has a very unique contract where like, they have to pay him on a per-game basis. So yeah, there's a lot going on here for sure. I think there's a little bit of hidden upside in all the guys just in case something happens to Kareem Hunt. In other words, if Kareem Hunt was to be cut or traded, it would help Dearness Johnson. It would help 
Nick Chubb and it would help Kareem Hunt too, most likely. So yeah, I think there's like some hidden upside in all the guys if you think yeah. something happens. Yeah, if Kareem Hunt like went back to Kansas City, I right. mean, that, that, that could be fun. There's been a lot of positive reports. Maybe the only positive reports out of Chicago have been about Khalil Herbert. Allegedly, Khalil Herbert is awesome at camp. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. think Khalil Herbert is very good. Yes. Anyways, meanwhile, Dave Montgomery is like getting some reps on special teams, which I thought was kind of overblown, but whatever. He's still mm-hmm. getting some reps on special teams. I don't really take Dave Montgomery like ever. Like I just don't want any part of Dave Montgomery, not necessarily because of Cleo Herbert, but at least in part, because I think they could reduce David Montgomery's workload a little bit this year. What do you think about the bears backfield? Yeah. I mean, you have to think about these teams too, when they have new regimes coming in and the bears essentially cleaned house, they've got a whole new front office and a whole new coaching staff. Dave Montgomery's contract is coming up. The bears, if they're smart at all and, they're not, but um, <laughs> if they were have any shred of um, you know intelligence uh, from a decision making standpoint, they're not going to give a big contract to David Montgomery, right? So, and some of the beat writers have come out and said sh- straight up, like this is going to be more of a committee than it has been in recent seasons. And you know, I don't think Justin Fields is going to be a big check down quarterback. So I think that the um, you know the 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 target volume projection for David Montgomery is not going to be particularly strong. Now all of a sudden he's going to like start losing carries to Cleo Herbert potentially, which he should. Cleo Herbert is like legit good. Uh, the offensive line is absolute garbage, and you know how many points are they going to score as a team? Like all of a sudden David Montgomery is like heading into that Josh Jacobs territory. Mm-hmm. They could be one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, there's oh, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Roquan Smith just requested a trade. I mean, they're an absolute yeah. disaster. Yeah, they're a disaster. Um, there's more Kenny Gainwell hype. I know we've talked about this a ton with the Miles Sanders stuff. Kenny Gainwell, you know, reports or speculation from beat writers. He's been used in more high and higher leverage situations, i.e. red zone, i.e. passing downs. I don't think there's anything new. Like to me, we know Kenny Gainwell is going to play a lot. We know Boston Scott's going to play some, but I've seen Miles Sanders going like the hundreds at times. And I talked about this on Market Monday. Like when Miles Sanders goes in the hundreds, I'm taking him there, but I yeah. still like being high on Kenny Gainwell. Just a dude in a good offense who can catch the ball. And I know Jalen Hurts doesn't throw at running backs that much, but still really good offense. He can catch the ball. I still like taking Kenny Gainwell and Miles Sanders ADP is really sinking like a stone on this. I know you've been high on miles. What do you think about Eagles backfield now? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm going to move him down uh, just to get him a little bit closer to his ADP because I mean, at the end of the day, like really the top 150 is almost like a value chart. And you don't want to have guys too much ahead of ADP unless you're really like, I'm fine being super high on James Cook mm-hmm. because he's still like very much, you know, like eighth, ninth, 10th round. But you don't want to be too high on guys that are like, you know, in the fifth to eighth round range. So I'm going to move Miles Sanders down and I'm going to move Kenny Gainwell up. And I've been drafting Kenny Gainwell. I mean, he's one of my favorite late round picks. Um, but I, I want to be ahead of, I want to make sure that I'm ahead of ADP on him because. Um, not only is he good in the passing, I mean, he's not a small guy and he's really explosive. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I think that he could absolutely be, be the lead back for the Eagles in, in certain situations. And certainly if they want to throw the ball more, which I know we've talked about, or at least I've talked about how I think that they need to con- con- continue to be a very run heavy offense, just because that is how they maximize their personnel, um, with their badass offensive line, their dual threat quarterback, and you know all, all these aspects of, of a, a great you know run heavy team, um, but they also could throw more. I mean, mm-hmm. we we can't discount that possibility. And if they do, that's going to suit Kenneth Gainwell for sure. Yeah, it seems like Kenny Gainwell will at a minimum play 
pass downs, hurry up mm-hmm. stuff, two minute and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, this Buffalo thing on Zach Moss, I thought was interesting because I had been under the assumption for a lot of the offseason that it was going to be a two-man backfield. There's been a lot of rhetoric out of Buffalo that Zach Moss is going to be part of this backfield, which would make it a three-man backfield with Singletary, James Cook, and then Zach Moss mixing in. Also, we have given Zach Moss a bump in the back end on his projected carry share. Does this concern you at all on the Singletary stuff and maybe even on the James Cook stuff? Um, well, a, a lot of times teams will open the season. This happens, I think, a little bit more at receiver. Like, they'll open the season playing, like, a legally legit, like, four or five receiver committee. And as the season progresses, whether it be to, due to injury or performance, the situations will, nar- will narrow. You know, and all of a sudden, they'll only be playing three receivers. And, you know, they'll go from playing three backs early in the season. They'll cut one guy out. You know, and I, I mean, Zach Moss just hasn't shown us anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I would bet even if he is like, let's say he gets six touches in week one, he eventually gets cut out of the rotation and they wind up going with James Cook and, or, and, and, uh, and Devin Singletary. I mean, I, that, that would be the extent of my expectation for the Bills backfield as it pertains to Zach Moss. Yeah. And the reason that I thought he was like out is because he was a healthy scratch down the stretch last year, yeah. a bunch. And then they draft James Cook. It's like, well, uh, you know, they don't care about Zach Moss anymore, but some of the reports have been a little bit scary. I think more for Devin Singletary than James Cook, uh-huh. because I mean, obviously the base down work is where Zach Moss would work in, not on pass downs. Um, the McKenzie Crowder battle continues to rage. Um, Crowder was hurt. McKenzie pulled way ahead, and now McKenzie mispracticed a couple of times, and Crowder's allegedly been playing well. I'm a little worried these guys are going to cancel each other out because I think it was all McKenzie's job or all Crowder's job. I'd be pretty excited about it, but now I'm starting to think they might cancel each other out a little bit, and that would obviously not be great. Have you been taking any McKenzie or Crowder late, and what do you think about that? Uh, a little bit of Crowder because Crowder goes like really late. People In every draft, there's someone who gets a little aggressive on Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to think of the situation right now. I'm just not, I'm not super bullish on either guy, I think. Um, but I, I'm certainly willing to draft Jamison Crowder, especially as like a wide receiver, eight wide receiver, seven wide receiver, eight in best ball builds. Um, you got to check out this video. I think it was posted on the bills, Twitter of case Keenum uh, going around and like asking for autographs from, from all of his teammates. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty funny. He's like, you know, playing a prank on him. Like, that's Isaiah amazing. McKenzie, I've I've loved you since I loved you since college. I loved you since <laughs> college, and he goes up, and then Isaiah's like, "Case," you know, it's like it's it's, it's pretty funny. It's it's kind of corny, but it's pretty funny. The, the the reason that I've been higher on McKenzie is just like when BZ was out last year. I mean, McKenzie played really well, like I really know, well, and he was he was earning targets at a really high rate. But if they're gonna if they're gonna mix these guys together, it's not gonna be great. But like Evan said, people are way more excited about McKenzie. Um, we'll see if that changes if we get some positive crowd or they do play a lot of four receiver sets yeah. you know so i mean sure. these guys could both end up seeing the field a decent amount with gabriel davis outside and stefan Diggs outside and then th- those two guys as the slots uh let's go to the rams we got some quotes from sean mcveigh and this sounded kind of like coach speak but i'm still curious about your take on it and he was like well we have two starting backs we think that cam yeah. Akers and daryl henderson complement each other really well after what we saw from cam Akers in the playoffs last year i'm kind of inclined to believe that however they no one held the guns to their head and said they had to play cam Akers last year for all the snaps in the playoffs out of an achilles injury and they did so mm-hmm. sean mcveigh also has a long history of using one back when he can what do you think about Akers versus d hendo now 
Yeah, this is um, a developing situation, I think. I mean, I think that they like Daryl Henderson, but they know that he just straight up can't – he's not a bell cow. I mean, he gets hurt every single time. He'll have a nice little run, but then he'll get hurt after, you know, a game or two, and, you know, they'll have to move somebody else in. I mean, they, they can't rely on his durability for that role. But I think that if they if they put him into a change of pace role, and he's better in the receiving game than his Cam makers, I think um, – then, I mean, I, I would expect him to play a, a certain amount. I think the Cam Akers ultimately is going to be the lead back, and I haven't made any changes in my rankings. I've actually been very high on Daryl Henderson the whole time, mm-hmm. thinking that, um, you know, what's the chances that, you know, this this backfires with Cam Akers coming off the Achilles? He wasn't effective late last season. What if Daryl Henderson goes into camp and is just like the better back? You know, I thought that there was a possibility of that. I think I have Daryl Henderson in the top 100, actually. Um but I, you know, it's it's an offense to invest in, so I I would not, you know, I would say that I think they're both fine picks. I, I think Acres is way more fragile than people realize. Fragile yeah. to sucking, fragile to uh-huh. Stafford injuries, fragile to De Henderson stealing work, you know, and so setback. Uh, I mean, you know, Achilles setback, is yeah. not fun, man. I'm so I haven't taken any Acres. I agree with Evan that at ADP, I mean, I'd much rather take Daryl Henderson than than Cam Akers. There's no doubt about that for me. Um. There's some Eno Benjamin hype coming. And, you know, again, again, it seems like every year. But there is a role here because I'm not sure how much they want to use James Conner right. in the past game. And so I, I'm, I don't really want to draft a ton of Eno Benjamin, maybe like a last round pick or something and hope he gets the Chase Edmonds 2020 role. I'm more concerned for James Conner losing pass down work. Any thoughts on that stuff coming out of Arizona? Yeah, I keep thinking that they're going to use Rondell Moore as their number two back. But mm-hmm. that's that's a very personal bias thing. I know. Yeah. I, they should. I, because, you know, I, I've always likened him to Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of Austin Eckler and not a wide receiver. There was like this puff piece that came out in the Arizona Republic today about uh, Rondell Moore. And like I read it, and it was, uh, there was not a single takeaway, not a single productive takeaway in the entire article about one guy. You know, it's just just a bunch of fluff. Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, Benjamin has been the league. I mean, he's, he's been around, you know, he's, he's been in the organization and he could not earn touches. Do, are we really going to think that all of a sudden yeah. something is changing for, you know, Benjamin? I mean, you know, I color me skeptical. I, I think, you know, when comes, when push comes to shove, James Connor's really good. His metrics last year, his advanced metrics were freaking awesome. Go read the Cardinals team preview. You know, that'll get you pumped to draft James Connor. Yeah, and we're also going to talk about James Conner later this week on the pod. We're doing our round three uh, personal rankings, pick by pick, and we'll be talking about James Conner in there. I do have James Conner as a round three pick. A couple more small things here. Uh, you know, the Ramondre Stevenson stuff, a lot of it, I was hoping that he would lock into the pass down role. He's worked a ton there. Everybody says he looks so much better there, but now we get all the Ty Montgomery stuff. And this makes me sick because Ty Montgomery's been in the league for so long and not yeah. been productive in a very, very long time but now the patriots beats are saying oh we think that uh ty montgomery could be the the new james white and james white is going to start the year on pop almost certainly and so i don't know man like when romandre was going 120 130 i was just auto picking him he goes in like the 90s now and it's tougher for me to get on romandre there even though i want to what do you think about how valid do you think this time on stuff is and where you at with romandre now Bro, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to piece through it like everybody else is, you know, like it's hard for me to believe Ty Montgomery, you know, but Cordero Patterson, it was very hard for me to believe that Cordero Patterson could could be like the lead dog in, in a backfield last year. And that freaking happened like the yeah. entire season, you know. Um, 
uh, I don't know. We're going to have to see how it plays out. You know, I know it's um, – I mean, the good news is that everybody's pretty much cheap in the backfield. So you're not really investing a whole lot into – even if even if you really like Ramondre Stevenson and you take him – what do you – I'm in the Apex Expert uh, League right now. He went 9.06. R- Rotopat took him at 9.06. Uh, that, that's fine, you know, yeah. and I, I think it's fine for Damian Harris. Again, in my rankings, I have him literally back-to-back. Uh, Ramondre, I think, is RB31. Damian Harris, RB32. You know, yeah, coin flip. And, and I think, you know, I've been taking Damian Harris. I thought he was a pretty good fade. But as his ADP was slipping yeah. into, like, the hundreds, I was taking him some. Hey, this uh, dude scored 15 touchdowns last year. Yeah. You know? We do have a bet in props on Damian Harris uh, under, I believe it's 11 and a half rushing touchdowns. So we'll oh, be rooting well, for that. that's a great bet. Yeah. Um, last one is this Isaiah Pacheco stuff, man. I mean – this reminds me so much of the Darwin Thompson. I know other people have talked about this on, on Twitter. It's like really athletic dude goes to the chiefs star of camp. Will he turn out to be anything? People are so excited about Isaiah Pacheco right now. I'm still pretty skeptical, but he does have a really good athletic profile and he's attached to Patrick Mahomes. How interested mm-hmm. are you? Not just in redraft, but maybe in dynasty too on the Pacheco stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is another kind of tough one. It's, you know, it, it's a situation where, as you mentioned, Dar- Darwin Thompson, like, where we could look back and be like, who the hell was Isaiah Pacheco after he ends up like on three practice squads over the course of the 2022 season, you know, like, that's very much in play for Isaiah Pacheco, who great athlete, mm-hmm. I think got benched for a time uh, at Rutgers. Seventh round draft pick, you know, my my more interesting takeaway from the recent Chiefs reports that Ronald Jones has like sort of comfortably been the number two back, um, you know, whereas you read other things about Jarek McKinnon, you know, potentially pushing pushing uh, Ronald Jones off the roster like the, the Chiefs are going to need like a, a quality runner in their backfield, like to, to, to salt away games. I mean, they're a really good team. And there are just obvious running situations where you want to have the best runner on the field. I mean, to me, that's Ronald Jones. So to me, like, I, I think that Ronald Jones is going to make the team despite all these reports to the contrary. Um, and then Pacheco and these other guys are, you know, they're, they're fighting for scraps really behind, Jer- uh, behind um, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Ronald Jones, and potentially Jarek McKinnon as the number three. Yeah, and, and I, I think they can't all make the team, right? I think they're going to keep four right. backs, but there's yeah. five with Derek Gore on the roster now too. Yeah. I do think McKinnon has a really good chance of making the team just as like a carved out role. He's their best pass catcher. He has a carved out role. And if you think Ronald Jones is going to make the team and Pacheco is going to make the team, that leaves off Gore. And so, you know, it's going to be interesting for sure in KC. Maybe they're in play for Kareem Hunt if that goes down. So mm-hmm. we'll see on that stuff. All right. We will have a lot more news next week because every single team is playing a preseason game starting Thursday. If you haven't checked out our preseason DFS package yet, be sure to check that out. We are projecting and doing shows for every slate. Four. Evan. Four. Producer Luke. I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.